the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. It's Tom O'Brien with Aviation with the Aviation Special, chatting with my good friend, Mr. Nick Milani from Epifan. Welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. How are you? I am doing well. You are looking fantastic. Uh, we got to hang out a couple times this year, once at NAB. Uh, one of the things that we talked about uh, at uh, in, in Vegas was supply chain, right? Mm. Um, and there are some systems getting getting uh, designed and, and almost put in because of, of gear shortages and, and just the, the whole the chips issue. What would you say to a customer, either a dealer or or a, an AV user, who is holding off on on completing installs or hold, holding off on commissioning a system because they're they're missing you know one or two pieces, but you guys Epifan can can certainly get them gear. What would you say to them? Well, first off, I want to acknowledge where we're at. Right, it's a mess, and our take is that it's a root chip. The, the root of the whole thing is the chip supply challenges, right? Whether it's PCs to power video systems or processors to power room automation, uh, the dealers, in my observation, are being starved of product, which impacts their ability to purchase complementary products like ours. Uh, yeah. And so there's this behavior right now throughout the supply chain that we have to be very careful of because we're locking up everyone's revenue around a key component, these processors. And I think that it's require us to do something a little bit different. And I think dealers, what I'd encourage them all to do is reevaluate how they commission their products and reevaluate the partners they rely on. And, you know, these closed ecosystems are biting us, um, you know, and the proverbial, you know what. And, you know, the beauty of an Epifan product, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, is that we are a standalone appliance. So you can go out and commission our product today. It can be up and running and running by itself, creating those streams for a you know university or for an enterprise. But you can also integrate it with Crestron, Extron, QSC, Kaltura, Panopto, Yuja, you know, you name it. And so we've got this really unique offering in the AV space. And it's something a lot of the folks don't realize what we do is that we give you this tool that is a gateway to a bunch of additional revenue and services and is complementary to a lot of those devices that you're waiting on. And so I think the nuance here is that the customers understand what's going on in the supply chain. We have to try to unlock partial revenues as we can commission specific aspects uh, and get that into their site so that we start to free up that cash back through the supply chain and keep everybody moving forward. All right. You just said a very important uh, phrase there, especially for, for dealers who are holding on to inventory, trying to, to, to wait out uh, the, the next shipment of X, Y, and Z. That is additional res additional revenue and, and services. Talk for a second about what exactly you're talking about there because dealers may not understand that FFN can partner with them and, and get them you know, revenue that they may not even realize right now. So it's something we consistently saw. And, you know, with my background and coming from the industry, I understand those ecosystems. I understand the major players and how it works yep. and the, the benefit of a fully commissioned system managed under one, under one umbrella. The uniqueness that, I'm, uh, you know, we educated a lot of folks on that Epifan brings to the table is our individual devices are standalone. They're managed through the cloud. They can be commissioned and they're intuitive 
no programming, no skill set required to set up and actually start to use. So you can go tomorrow to a local university, to a local enterprise, to a local church, to a local funeral home, to all these places that are looking at how strategic video can help their organization, you know, impact the way students learn or impact the way their customers. And you can literally put that device along with PTC cameras, SLR cameras, lighting, microphones, all the other accoutrements. So what happens that's really fascinating is our $3,000 device turns into $30,000 worth of gear for the dealer. And if the customer goes, well, I want this fully automated tied back into my existing room control system, you go, no problem. And 40 weeks when those are available, we'll come back and we'll add that level of control in. But for today, the touchscreen on this device and that button that says record or that button that says stream, those functions will get you an outbound product. Now, the service aspect comes into it in that sometimes building that outbound product is where they don't have resources internally to do it. And so going into our tool set and helping them do branding, helping them build layouts, helping them determine stream locations, scheduling that, and then even providing remote production capabilities so that, you know, uh, you could have a dealer producer sitting at their office and facilitating a three camera shoot for a client anywhere in the world via our cloud tools. And again, when all the other products in the supply chain start to become available, great, fill them in around it. We'll play nice with them. And there's a nuance to that, that just being a little bit more a newer to the pro AV space. I saw a lot of people didn't realize that there are certain companies that, that have those kind of chops like us. And there's a handful of us out there, you know. Uh, you mentioned higher education and, and streaming and getting uh, video to, to students. Epifan does more than just the streaming part. So how does, how does talking about, you know, talking with higher ed, how does that help? How does Epifan, Epifan help colleges and universities support not just remote, but also the hybrid learning model? Yeah, so I think it starts with better engagement, better experiences for the professors and the students. Okay, so let's start with the obvious side, which is the faculty. Uh, when we think about hybrid learning, we think about the richness of experience. Now, I, I, I happen to have a degree in mechanical engineering, and I can tell you that like watching the notes that are being written on the board and being able to see the details and be able to see the artifacts and the professor and feel that intimacy, you know, when you have a multi-camera shoot with document cameras and be able to see the whiteboard and project that all up, that creates a deeper experience for the people that are remote. The nuance also is that it creates a better experience for the people that are in person. You know, I don't know if you had the joy of taking any courses in 250 person lecture halls, but it can be quite difficult for people to hear or see at the back. That's where our system also locally will present in for the local participants. So true hybrid, both the local folks get enhancement as well as the remote participants. And, you know, we think that's really important. So that's faculty engaging with students. The other side of this is that students, an 18-year-old today has a different relationship with video than anybody's that, than students have for, for decades, right? They're, they're native video users, and they just survived the last two years of their high school education on video primarily. So one of the things that you know, I really encourage as we talk to some of the higher ed is, uh, customers is, how do we think about this as a strategic asset for students as well? And what that looks like is, one of popular example is one-touch video studios. You know, why do we require a student to sit on their laptop in their dorm room to do their end of semester presentation? Why don't we give them a room that they can go into one touch join, 4K, great audio, great light, look good, feel good, be good. And now that changes the way the students start to think about their video as a strategic asset back to the professors and the faculty and the teachers. And I think what we're seeing there is um, a lot of interest, a lot of growth, a lot of expansion, people going, yes, yes, yes. And what we're going to watch that do is start to push into the enterprise and push into the corporate world as those students continue to move forward. Because it's, you know, 
it's like we learned how to take keyboard classes. Like their video skills are going to be, you know, synonymous with their skills. Yeah, I'm I'm old enough to have taken typing, not keyboarding. But <laughs> by by the way, Tim, you know one of the things I joke around about that little thing right there is, we've got 18 year olds that have are native users of video going into higher education, and we've got a lot of folks like ourselves that are middle aged people that took typing skills, and. This is the beauty of higher ed, by the way. This is exactly why higher education institutes you know, exist, is to progress the learning, progress the knowledge of these different areas. And I think video is one of the biggest ones to go, go into. One of the things I wanna, I wanna hit on here, and, and when I say government, nine times out of 10, I'm talking about the, the, at least in the states here, like federal government, right? Right. But one of the things that you and I were talking about is, is you know, not just, and yes, federal government could, can leverage uh, video as well, but talk for a second about how smaller government, local and, mm. and, and regional governments can leverage video to kind of, you know, more, better connect with their constituents at a local level. Yeah. So what we're seeing is, you know, there's a mandate to share publicly content, right? And what we're seeing with a lot of like local yeah. cities and governments is that they use our Epifan Pearl, you know, kind of all in one system. They can set up a schedule, it kicks on the cameras, it streams out to multiple locations, they can broadcast that through their social channels, and they're able to achieve compliance with it in a really efficient way uh, and, and create that engagement. We also see with a lot of local courthouses and a lot of uh, that side of local government where they're using it to capture and record isolated views, uh, ISO views of different cameras. So they have a, you know, a record of the conversations that occurred in the courthouse. And again, if they want to, they can choose to stream that out to a single location, multiple locations, or even to an internal server. And so that, that, that power of both you know, archiving and communicating simultaneously through a single box that's just one touch to start that's something that really empowers them to 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 do these things and one of the value propositions that i think we all have to offer in this space is that it's a it's a you know a one touch type experience there, there's not a deep expertise required, which is oftentimes a hurdle for a lot of these folks doing it, but it is a superior experience to a video conferencing tool. You know, if I set a laptop up at the end of the council hall and try to, you know, do an event there, it's, it's not going to work out as well. You know, so I think we provide that kind of richness of experience uh, at a very kind of a approachable uh, way. You, you've used the phrase a couple of times, and I, I want to pause for a second and, and kind of get your definition of it. You use the phrase strategic video when, and, and I, and I, I think I know what you mean, but, but just de define for that, define that for me. Okay. Here's the, here's one of the things I was vetting with a lot of customers I spoke to through the last few months and events. I believe Tim that we are on day zero of video. I know that we've spent our careers in it. I know that you've made it spend a lot of time working on video. I think that we are day zero. And I think what we're realizing is prior to COVID, by the way, uh, what was adoption rate of video conferencing within an organization? 15 to 25% of people would turn their camera on when they were in it, right? Um, now what we're seeing is just obviously huge numbers and everyone's learned to adopt it. But we've learned to survive on the tool. We haven't learned to thrive. And that's where I start to shift the idea of using video as a survival tool to communicate and get my nonverbals tied to yours and we're looking at each other and having a great conversation, as opposed to thinking of it as a strategic tool, which is how do I take my outbound video and curate the experience that people see? 
You see, if we get into a room and we pitch a big customer and I'm standing on stage, you know me, I'm a little bit of a showman, right? I'll be up there at the front of the room. The goal of my yes. <laughs> the goal of my presentation is to keep people focused on what I want them to see in the journey I'm taking them on, right? When we move to video, we all of a sudden array a bunch of boxes the exact same way, and you can't choose what the person sees. So you can't curate that experience. And that curated mm. experience is fundamentally what I believe moves from a survival to using it as a strategic thriving tool. It's are you curating and making sure that the customer is really seeing what you want? The student really gets the thing you need out of it. And uh, when we get to that point, I think we're going to start to really feel, we're going to see this big step function of what we're doing. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Did it align with what you thought it was, by the way? Yeah, that, but yeah basically, because you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm with you on day zero, because, <laughs> I don't know, it's roughly 100 some odd years um, or more, <laughs> but I, 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 can, I can almost get there with you. Um, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, working with, within and, and uh, with other, uh, other folks and, and other, other uh, manufacturers and other mm. companies. How do you guys inter interact with and how do you use uh, and, and leverage other systems for, for Epivan? Well, it was one of the things I was most excited about coming over here for. You know, I, I've, uh, uh, I love the open uh, ecosystem that Epifan's created. And, and the idea here is really simple. We have a device that provides a function in and of itself, okay? And that device supports CDNs and distribution through YouTube and Facebook. And by the way, nuance in there, right? You can set your encoding and your bit rates and everything to match theirs. And so you could be sending out your content to these different distribution networks. We support CMSs like Kaltura, Panopta, Yuja, where you can you know, inject your content into their systems for distribution. We support the control system ecosystem. So we work with Crestron, Extron, and soon to be QSC. So you can integrate into those higher functionality around that as well. Um, and we also keep up to date on the latest and greatest streaming technology. So whether that's SRTs, you know, secure, reliable transport, which is a lower latency, super high quality uh, 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 you know, protocol, or the ability to keep up with the latest encoding like H.265 and HEVC so that we can get more content over the small pipes we have to get out there. Uh, we try to stay very much in our lane, which is at that center of acquisition of the signal, enhancing the signal with branding and layouts and switching, and then allowing people to stream and record those assets so they can use it both live and on demand for future. Uh, that's kind of the, the position we sit in, and that's the uh, that's the area we like to live in. Uh, Nick, before I let you get out of here, a uh, simple question here, but 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 uh, a a one that needs to be asked. Uh, you guys have competitors, mm -hmm. right? Why should somebody uh, choose Epifan? Why would should somebody go with with Epifan uh, for their strategic video? Uh, solutions. Well, first off, we see the world through strategic eyes. That's important. We have human beings behind the business that you can call up and talk to. I'd encourage people, by the way, to go check out our YouTube channel. If you want to see a company that's been living strategic video for decades, you'll see it there. And you go back through the archive and there's just incredible content in there. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, like why? Well, we're all in one. We work with everyone. We're standalone, but cloud connected. And it's an opportunity for the dealers in the pro AV marketplace to build services uh, and you know, to ultimately start to attach additional hardware and opportunities onto it. So you know, I, th I think that at the end of the day, we give a lot of flexibility for customers and for organizations to grow and evolve in a very flexible architecture. And uh, again, award-winning live support to back it up. So when you have questions, you're not sure, you're not sure how to connect to this, We've got great people there to help support you. All right, very good. 
Nick Milani from Epifan. How do people connect with you, sir? Epifan.com. That's E-P-I-P-H-A-N.com. And uh, always looking forward to seeing those folks out there. Please reach out. We're here to help. Uh, you should, absolutely. And, and he can give you more dissertation on strategic video, and maybe he'll convince you about zero day. Um, for us, for Aviation, this is uh, Tim Albright. Don't follow me, but go by the website, aviation.tv. It's aviation.tv. You'll find more videos like this and a host of others. All that and more at aviation.tv, aviation.tv. 